this. Hi, everyone. My name is Martha Hasso, and you're listening to my podcast, Dichos. Hello, everyone. Hola. I hope everyone is doing okay. ¿Qué pasa, calabaza? What is up with everyone? It's been a while. It's been actually just like a week or two. Pero pues, I was enferma. Y pues, ¿qué te puedo decir? You know, I'm still trying to get over this cold. I'm a little bit more congested than usual. My French teacher would have loved the way I sounded now. Porque todos se oye así como muy nasal. I remember when I was in French class, he'd be like, speak through your nose, speak through your nose. And I'm like, how do you do that? Pero pues, ya lo entiendo, ¿verdad? You always, you have to sound like you're always congested. Um, pero anyways, that's besides the point. I wanted to record this podcast porque este episodio es muy especial. This episode is super special. I wanted to record this podcast on Wednesday, on a Tuesday leading up to Wednesday because I wanted to release it on a Wednesday because not only are we entering uh, Women's History Month, yes, it's also Working Women's Wednesday, it's Women Crush Wednesday, it's also Ash Wednesday, pero pues si eres mexicana, then you understand. Um, which is like there's a lot of reasons as to why I wanted to specifically release it on a Wednesday and uh, when you're hearing this it will be Wednesday even though I'm recording it you know not on Wednesday. Así que that being said I wanted to share this episode porque going off of the women empowerment theme I wanted to kind of introduce to you una amiga que conocí por medio de las redes sociales. You gotta love social media for that. You know, I love networking through social media. Um, it's like the best thing. No solamente esta amiga la conocí por, lo, por las redes sociales. Me di cuenta, en, you know, en conversando con ella, you know, we've been keeping in touch that uh, there was a lot of things we had in common. You know, we were able to understand each other and kind of, you know, have like vibe with one another, if you know what I mean, you know, like we were, <clears throat> we're not in the same state, incluso in, um, we're not even in the same country. <laughs> she is actually overseas. Y ella estaba aquí, you know, en un punto de su vida en los Estados Unidos, but she decided to go off and, you know, spread her wings and do what she does best. And that is, you know, being a life coach. Y eso es lo que hace ahora. Y if you take that into consideration, you know, as you go in, um, in as we get into this episode, just remember that, you know what, um, <clears throat> her story is because it's coming from a very genuine place. Because her being a life coach, it has to come from a very genuine place. It has to come from an open heart and an open mind. And the fact that she is able to, you know, reach into, you know, the vaults of her, you know, trunk of knowledge and her trunk of expertise and share that a little bit with us it just made me so happy cuando me dijo que quería hacer un episodio conmigo o sea estaba you know over the moon about it porque it's perfect verdad es algo muy interesante no no solamente el el tema que vamos a tocar hoy pero es algo muy interesante que saber que sabes que no tenemos necesariamente que estar en el mismo espacio para hacer algo maravilloso, you know? We can be anywhere in the world, collaborate, work with one another, lift each other up, empower one another. And this is what this whole episode is all about. Así que going into this episode, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and introduce my special guest, 
who, like I said, is not here with me, pero me hizo el favor de uh, grabar un segmento para mí, específicamente para este episodio. Um, and I thank you so much for that, Paola. Muchísimas gracias por hacer eso con todo mi corazón. I know that everybody's going to enjoy your story. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into the dicho that we're going to be touching on today. And this dicho is a very popular one, I think. Um, I would consider it a very popular one porque sé que muchas um, de los dichos que yo he hecho en el pasado, pues a lot of people have not heard about them. And there's like one or two that, you know, maybe people have. Pero pues unless you grew up in a very Mexican household, you would never have heard of them. Um, but like if you grew up in a like maybe like a Mexican-American or a Tex-Mex or a Chicano household or Latina house, Latina or Latino household, um, then this is a dicho that is probably for you because I think it's very universal. I think it applies to a lot of circumstances um, and it has a lot to do with what it is that we're going through today, especially our generation of women. Porque yo sé que I've touched, you know, base on this from the very beginning, you know, the generations of women that have come before us, um, there's some things that we take from them. Y hay otras cosas que como que han cambiado, you know, that we just don't practice anymore. And even though we don't practice it, um, no quiere decir que no lo tomemos en cuenta, solamente que tal vez hacemos las cosas diferentes hoy porque maybe, you know, we found our voice, right? And so that being said, let me get into the dicho and then introduce you to our guest coming up right now. Okay, the dicho of the week is calladita te ves más bonita. So let me repeat that. Calladita te ves más bonita. And so what that translates to is, um, you know, with your mouth closed, you look prettiest or with your mouth shut, you look the prettiest, um, which kind of translates a little bit weird. Um, just basically what it implies is that uh, with a woman who doesn't speak much, a woman in silence will look the prettiest. And that, my friend, <laughs> eso amigos, es algo que pues no solamente we don't practice today porque muchas de las mujeres que yo conozco no se quedan calladitas. And um, a lot of my family from like generations past si lo practican. And so our generations clash so much because of that. Y eso es lo que yo estaba platicando con mi amiga Paola, que les voy a decir sobre ella. Porque hoy en día, la, la generaciones de hoy, las mujeres de hoy, no nos costó encontrar nuestro lugar. Nos costó encontrar nuestra voz. And it was a struggle. And it's still a struggle sometimes. You know, we're just speaking out. We're just being heard we've been kind of dealing with this for a very long time e dealing with it in a hispanic household is even more aggressive you know it's even more of a struggle um porque no solamente do you have to deal with the backlash from the men you have to deal with the backlash from las mujeres porque mi mamá 
es una de esas personas, en mi caso, mi mamá siempre me dice, calladita te ves más bonita, you know, like, I'm supposed to just keep my mouth shut and um, not give an opinion, not have an opinion, not give a second thought to it, maybe be a little bit more submissive, you know, un poquito más, um, you know, uh, reserved, right? And um, as you can tell, I'm really not like that, you know? Uh, I think growing up, I was like that because I grew up in a household of men. Y eso me afectó mucho. Once I, you know, we get into Paola's story, I can share a little bit more of that with you afterwards. Pero this first segment de Paola, me, me recordé de algo que de, de mi niñez, you know, um, about how I grew up. And so I'm going to let you listen to the segment. But first, let me introduce you to the guest that we have today. Her name is Paola, and she is a life coach, Paola Cárdenas. Um, <clears throat> she is currently in the Philippines. Así que, como les digo, no estamos ni en el mismo, uh, ni en la misma ciudad, ni, en la mis con, ni con la misma gente, right? Como la canción de... Uh, este, what is it, Juanga, right? <laughs> We're not even in the same city or the same country. Pero me, me da tanto gusto poder compartir este segmento con ella, este espacio, porque I feel like, you know, uh, we can transcend this time and space through this conversation that we're about to have. Um, so, Paola Carnes, let me tell you, her Instagram hand, handle is at the mellow coach. And y'all go follow her. Go follow her ahorita porque yo sé que I'm, you're going to fall in love with her. Así como a mí me encanta oír sus historias and her uh, Instagram. So go follow her at The Mellow Coach. Um, but anyway, she is a life coach. And what she does is really just helps people reconnect with themselves and regain the energy they gave away to everyone and everything else, you know. And who hasn't been there? You know, how many times have we not been there? Yo he estado allí. Ustedes saben muy bien from my stories that I have been there. And so the fact that she's, you know, helping people get through this is amazing. So if you want a little bit more information on her, her website is themellowcoach.com. And I'll go ahead and post it um, in the segment. And I will go ahead and post it on the Instagram post. But uh, I want y'all to hear a little bit of her story. Her Facebook, you can find her at The Mellow Coach. Instagram, The Mellow Coach. And so, let's get into her story. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be on here talking about something that I think is, you know, very important to talk about, especially now in age when women are more and more coming, you know, being empowered to to speak up, to to share what they really need and want and, and to be someone, right? Um, something that, you know, wasn't always the case, you know? So the thing with el dicho, the dicho, <laughs> calladita te ves más bonita, I feel like that's something that is just engraved in our minds and it's been passed down generation after generation as a limiting belief especially as women, you know, 
my mom or my grandma or even my aunts, they may have meant well by saying that to me um, because that's just how things are done, right? And that's just how they grew up and that's just something that in their mind is like, well, it's just normal. That's, you know, you shouldn't speak up. Just look, sit there and look pretty, right? Um, but it's also one of the more damaging limiting beliefs because as women, you know, growing up with with this picture in our mind that what we have to do is just stay quiet and sit there and, and look pretty, you know, when our brains, our voice doesn't matter, it's just our looks. It can be very damaging, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what this what this dicho means and like how it kind of affected me growing up. Um, and luckily it's something that I have let go of and, you know, kind of changed my mindset around that. Um, and by the way, please forgive my very um, raspy voice. I am getting over a cold, so my voice isn't normally this raspy. But so, you know, I'm, I come from a Mexican-American. I am a Mexican-American. Both of my parents are from Mexico, and I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. So I grew up in a very Mexican household. So naturally with that comes, you know, means that novelas were always on. And I can remember watching these novelas as early as like two years old, three years old. I would watch them with my mom, with my grandma, with my aunt, you know. It was just something that was normal, right? And so in the novelas that I watched, and it also kind of goes with like the fairy tale kind of thing. I also watched a lot of Disney movies growing up. So the woman, the main character of any of these, you know, novelas or, you know, Disney movies is, you know, the good, nice, pretty girl um, is waiting for a man to come and save her and everyone is out to get her and it's always like, what shall we do now? Like, what, who will ever save me? And, you know, this is the, the typical archetype, if you will, of, of novelas. And so me growing up and, and watching this, you know, sometimes not consciously, but just like in passing, you know, it kind of, I feel like it can be very damaging for someone so young to watch that because you grow up with this mental image of like what matters in life is for me to look pretty um, and just wait for a man to come rescue me or wait for my Prince Charming. And oftentimes this good pretty girl, you know, she doesn't use her voice a lot because she's waiting for a man. You know, she doesn't it's almost like she's not allowed to speak up because that's not what you do. You know, you're supposed to be pretty and look good and not exactly have brains or you know, that doesn't matter in the end. In in which is the case of these novelas. And so at an early age, I always thought, I want to I wanna wait for my Prince Charming, or I want to wait for that one guy that's going to come save me and, you know, treat me like, like the princess that I am, or like the good, nice girl, pretty girl that I am. And, yeah, you know, 
naturally I've always been a pretty, you know, quiet and mellow person. But I feel like this had some sort of, you know, growing up with this, um, with this limiting belief, right? <clears throat> it allowed me to, or not allowed me, but it prevented me from, <clears throat> excuse me, it prevented me from really showing up as I am or really speaking up with, you know, expressing what I need, what I want. And I don't, up to a certain point, valuing, valuing looks, my looks over everything else, because that's just, I felt like that's, <coughs> that's what you, um, that's what you need to, to succeed in life as a woman. And, but slowly, as I grew up, and as I matured, and as I, you know, got more educated, it must have been sometime in high school when I decided, you know what, like, I don't need, I don't necessarily need some, like, looks don't matter, I don't have to be this, no tengo que ser la bonita, y no tengo que estar calladita para salir adelante, para ser exitosa. I don't have to be this person. I can be smart and I can also be a sexy woman and the two can coexist. But there was times even that I myself would almost quiet my voice down or I would even tell myself, Sabes que Paola, calladita te ves más bonita. You shouldn't speak up. It's just gonna ruffle feathers, so don't bother. I recall there, there was plenty of times um and I won't say any like names specifically for the purpose of privacy and whatnot but I remember a lot of times um with a with my ex-boyfriend and you know some of his family members sometimes what they were doing or what they would say or their actions I would totally not agree with and in order to maintain the peace in order to not ruffle feathers in order to not make people uncomfortable I would tell myself calladita te ves más bonita even though I want to explode right now and you know tell tell them how it is I would keep myself quiet I would tell myself to stay quiet because that serves me better when really no, like I should have, I should have voiced my, my opinion. I should have said something. I should have spoken up, um, because in the end, the more you keep stuff quiet and the more you don't express yourself and the more you dim your light, if you will, you know, that manifests into you like physically. You know, it's it's very unhealthy for you, not just like mentally and emotionally, like suppressing what you want to say, but also physically. There are so many, you know, I would wake up with, you know, feeling feeling nauseous, feeling all this anxiety, just feeling like sick inside, you know? And that's what happens when you don't speak up and when you keep quiet and when you feel like what you have to say doesn't matter. It really does manifest in in physical ways. And, you know, as a woman... I, rem I recall there was, like, many years where, you know, my period was so irregular. And I just felt like, oh, well, it's just irregular, you know. And the minute 
the minute I, I became very honest with myself and I decided I'm going to start speaking up, I'm going to stop being so quiet and actually making the effort to express myself and stop being so reserved and so scared to share what I really need and what I really want. Like, just like that, my period was normal. And from then on, it has been normal. This was, this must have been four years ago. And so that's what I mean by some of these, when we suppress ourselves, our voice, and who we really are, and our words, it manifests not just mentally and emotionally, but also in physical ways. So staying quiet really makes us sick. It really, really does. So as Paola is telling us her story, me acordé de algo. Y por lo, me acordé de esto porque Paola tiene razón, you know. She talks about how, you know, growing up as a child, we are kind of, you know, preconditioned to, you know, have this um, sense of security uh, through a man. You know, at least the women are, ¿verdad? Um, que la seguridad, seguridad viene de un hombre y solamente así will we feel entirely safe, will we feel secure, will we feel um, fulfilled, you know. Y incluso mi familia así me crió porque growing up in a household of men, you know, I remember that as a child I was very loud. Um, I'm a Leo, you know, I'm a Leo. So naturally, I'm a very loud person, you know, if you get to know me. Um, but I remember growing up as a child and my my brothers and my dad, you know, men, you know, the men in my household, siempre me decían, just don't say anything, Shh, be quiet, you know, lower your voice. And it got to the point where they'd be like, just be quiet, you know, like, don't talk. And so I was always kind of afraid to speak my mind and speak up, you know, because for fear of getting in trouble or like, that's what I thought, you know, it wasn't until later on that I realized that they were basically just kind of, um, how do I say this? Like, <clears throat> dismissing my opinion porque era mujer you know las mujeres no hablaban las mujeres estaban calladitas las mujeres had to be a lady las mujeres didn't talk back you know it was just kind of a different point of view that I finally realized that they were coming from at a later um, older age you know y creo que por eso me costó mucho encontrar mi voz as an adult I didn't know how to speak up because I was always afraid of doing so. I was always afraid of getting in trouble. Siempre pensé que, you know, I was going to, you know, cause, you know, some sort of, you know, I don't know, chaos or um, a problem sort. Uh, y nunca supe cómo es que... I had to give an opinion and so whenever people would have me make a decision I didn't know and I would always look to my brothers and I would always look to my dad like they would make the decisions for me and it wasn't until 
I became an adult. Que dije ya no, you know, like, yo tengo que hacer mis decisiones, you know, I don't want to do that. Like, there's certain things that I didn't want to do, you know. Um, yo sé que por mucho tiempo they were disappointed in porque yo decidí estudiar comunicaciones. <clears throat> they wanted me to go into law. And it was just something that was kind of like pre, uh, you know, planned for me. And like just kind of uh, just strategized, you know. They had like a whole strategy for my life. Y cuando no lo hice, pues, of course, they were disappointed. You know, my brothers were really disappointed. Y por qué no? Y... You know, you're just not going to amount to anything because, you know, you're, you're like the rebel. And, like, I became the rebel of the family. Y eso era algo porque encontré mi voz, you know. How did I become the rebel of the family because I found my voice? Pero incluso Paola está diciendo, you know, as a child, you know, she grew up like that too. And it was a lot to do with the novelas and everything, you know. Just, or, you know, the environment and the the mentality and the mindset que, que las mujeres... Necesitamos de, de un hombre, you know, that necesitamos um, to kind of be saved. Like she said, you know, we are delicate and fragile and don't know what we're doing. And we're dainty and not intelligent and uh, we need someone to make decisions for us. And so that kind of brought back a lot of like emociones para mí, you know, porque growing up, that's, that's like I said, you know, that's how I was. But let's go ahead and continue and listen to a little bit more Paola's story. I think it's uh, very interesting what she has to say. Porque let me know, you know, if you feel the same way, you know. Creo que tiene razón cuando dice que a veces cuando we suppress a lot of our feelings, it does catch up with us. Not only, like, does it manifest physically, but, like, uh, mentally, emotionally, it takes a toll on us, you know. Y do you agree with that? You know, let me know. Let's continue and hear the rest of her story. And, you know, thank goodness for Span the Spanish language sounding so nice. <coughs> but if you translate Calladita te ves mas, bon mas bonita into English, in English it sounds so much more horrible. Um, like if someone in Span like came up to you and maybe you didn't know Spanish and they said, Mijita, Calladita te ves mas bonita. It even sounds like, oh, that's so sweet, which, but it's not. And in English, it's, you're prettier when you keep your mouth shut, which sounds like, whoa, hold up, you know, <laughs> sounds super rude. But, you know, it's also defining, like, what makes a woman beautiful, what makes you beautiful. It's not just the physical aspects, it's also what you have inside. It's also how powerful a woman feels and how comfortable a woman feels in her own skin. And so... It's it's crazy that still in this day and age, you know, sometimes I see, you know, I still, it's, I would think that times have changed and things are different, but I still see a lot of women, you know, that value their looks over, over being, actually being their most authentic selves and like speaking from a place of authenticity, just in general, like speaking up with what they really want and what they really need. And... I think something that, you know, as women, something that we should definitely be willing to share and be willing to teach the younger generations of women is to place value in, in being authentic and in, in speaking up and, you know, 
being part of, of the collective conscious, you know, like just being being true to who you are no matter how you look. And of course there's there's nothing wrong with with wanting to look elegant and wanting to feel sexy. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, it's part of being a woman. A woman when a woman is turned on, that means she's turned on, you know, mind, body and soul. It means she's speaking from a powerful place within her. It means this woman knows exactly who she is and what she wants. And so we need to teach the younger generations of women that in order to feel their most authentic selves, they need to take care of all aspects, you know, not just making sure they look good and that their hair is nice and, and having this image, you know, but also taking care of their mind, taking care of their, their souls and their hearts, you know, and, and really learning to tap into that powerful, powerful voice that they have. We all come equipped with with our voice and we all are very unique in what that voice has to say we all have different experiences we all you know we all we all have something to share and contribute to this world and to the collective consciousness and so i think that's something that definitely has to be taught with the younger generations of women and continue to educate ourselves you know no matter what age we are about what it means to to speak up, what it means to to be a woman in this day and age, and what it means to be truly authentic to ourselves. And this is something that I had a lot of trouble with, you know, when I first started, like really deeply started my personal development journey, which was like four years ago, four or five years ago, I had such a hard time speaking up and I was so scared, like, well, if I speak up, people are going to look at me different, and, you know, I won't be this, you know, quiet, shy, you know, innocent little girl if I speak up and if I say what I really want to say. But that just, like, again, like I said, that just made me sicker in all aspects, you know, physically, emotionally, and mentally, and it's just not healthy. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think, and it doesn't matter the point of your life is not to be, you know, pretty. No importa si no eres la más bonita físicamente. Lo que importa es de que seas una mujer hecha y derecha y que te expreses. Te expreses auténticamente. To express yourself just... And just see how different and how freeing and how good and pleasurable the world and your life will feel once you do so. Once you start really expressing who you are. Once you start showing the world who you really are. Not caring about if you are the prettiest girl at the ball or not. In the end, that doesn't matter. In the end, it matters if you are being your most freeing, accepting, loving self that you can be. And you know, in the end, I think when... When a woman is comfortable with herself and the, when a woman is at peace with herself and just feels so good expressing who she really is and what she's all about, there's a radiance that comes through physically, you know, that will naturally make you look more at peace. It will make you just look beautiful in your very own unique way. And so I recently read, you know, last 
November, December, I read a book, it's called Pussy, and it's all about, you know, why it's important for a woman to be fully turned on, and I think it really applies to this, to this dicho, calladita te ves mas bonita, because it really talks about, as you get older, <clears throat> and as you, as you go about life, it doesn't matter what stage in life you're at, it's so important to not dim that light, it's so important to to, th to do things that bring you pleasure. It's also important to acknowledge that, yes, we do like, you know, some of us do like men, or, you know, we like to have a partner, but it doesn't mean that we need that person in order for us to feel complete. We don't need a savior. We don't need someone to constantly be protecting us and, and whatnot. You know, we can protect ourselves just as good. And having a partner that does make us feel fully turned on and brings us pleasure is supposed to enhance and complement us but not make us complete because we are already whole and complete and I think growing up um, you know a big thing of like from the Mexican culture is like you know, it's they value so much in like getting married and especially if you get married by the church, you know family is very important and don't get me wrong like for me it's very important and one day I do hope to 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 get married you know but it shouldn't be the only thing that you that you strive for you know like there's so many other things that you can do that can lead up to that but it shouldn't be the main point you know there's so much there's so much that us as women have to offer this world Besides pleasing a man, besides bringing children into this world, there, we we need. That's again. I go back to we need to share our voice. We need to share who we are, and we need to fully express ourselves. And when you have a partner, when you meet a partner that makes you that supports you in doing just that, and really compliments when you do just that, and who won't tell you calladita te ves mas bonita that's a good partner to have but when you have a partner that maybe doesn't allow you to do that when you have a partner that maybe dims your light a little bit <clears throat> when you have a partner that maybe you feel a bit afraid of expressing who you really are because oh maybe they might not like it well then maybe he's not the best partner for you right because when you're with someone wholeheartedly mind, body, and soul, it doesn't, like, whoever you are, when you're speaking from a place of authenticity, when you truly speak from a place of authenticity, and you remain super, super 100% honest with yourself, that partner will love you no matter what, and in fact, that's why the partner will love you, because you are who you are. <clears throat> so, to recap... Calladita te ves mas bonita is, I think, one of those limiting beliefs that has turned into a dicho that has been passed down from, from generation to generation. Um, and I think it's something that we as women, and especially us as, you know, Mexican, Hispanic, us as Latinas, have to really heal not just for us, but all the women that came before us and for the future generations as well. It's up to us right now to 
to heal that part of our past and to heal ourselves in order to move forward and and be able to to fully express ourselves and and to yeah you know like just to you know just to live a fully pleasurable and turned on life and it might take a while to fully understand well Paola what do you mean by turned on do I have to always want to have sex no it doesn't necessarily mean physically um but you know have pleasure in what we do in life and have pleasure in take pleasure in expressing ourselves fully and not holding back so if you if you're able to i encourage you to have a conversation about this with with your mom with your aunts with your grandmas ask them what this means to to them and like how maybe this has affected them growing up or them being where they are today and i think starting to have these open conversations and really talking about these limiting beliefs that we have and talking about it to the women in our life can just starting up that conversation and having an open communication with with them i think can have a good effect and like be able to educate each other and just share each other's thoughts and like how we can together make it a bit different um for us currently and also for you know our younger nieces our younger cousins um our future daughters you know i think it's very important so i want to thank everybody so much for listening to me um i hope that you know this has made a difference for you this has given you some thought um until next time bye bye So, touching on what Paola had just, you know, recounted, um, shared her story with us, you know, and told us a little bit about como creció ella and what her viewpoint on this dicho in particular is all about. It kind of reminded me of another uh, little, you know, snippet of my, mi vida, que... I kind of like take as a joke now, pero veo que it is very real and <clears throat> it has to do with the marriage. You know, Paola touched base on this and how, you know, a lot of the women before us, especialmente las mujeres mexicanas, you know, they place a lot of value on getting married, especially at a young age, you know, porque eso es como que lo que te hace... Um, you know, whole, and that's what you should strive for, ¿verdad? Casarte, casarte bien por la iglesia, así como my mom always constantly would tell me that, my grandma, ¿verdad? That it was their dream and their desire to be able to see me walk down the aisle y casarme bien because they feel like only then have I succeeded in life um, or made a life of myself, um, <clears throat> of my own. Pero cuando no sucedió eso... You know, when I, the rebel of the family, decided que no me quería casar, it was very uh, kind of a turning point for my family, you know, porque ellos didn't know how to react. They didn't know, no sabían cómo apoyarme. They didn't know how to give me the support that I needed. So it was a constant battle of me kind of swimming against the current and taking that backlash from the women as 
wealth from the men y become one of those women that in their eyes was like, ah, soltera, and she, you know, she's 25 y todavía soltera, and then turns 30 y todavía soltera, you know, unmarried, but educated. Y que te trajo la educación, you know, no, tra no te trajo un matrimonio. And so it goes back to like, even, you know, I remember at a younger age, my mom siempre me quería casar. Uh, people, you know, that we would meet along the way, like men would, le pedían la mano de mí a mi mamá. Le pedían mi mano, which means they would ask for my hand in marriage. And it sounds a little, you know, like um, antiquado, you know, like very uh, old fashioned, but it is true. It's very true because uh, I know at a very young age, I would just have to talk to these men, you know, and there were older men, you know, older than I was, yo estaba, you know, I was 18, 19 years old, and these men were already promising my mom que me iban a, you know, tener un rancho, or like, they had maybe a business of their own, and they would already, like, promise my mom stuff, you know, and so my mom would just, like, constantly be, like, uh, trying to get me to go out with these men, you know, um, on dates and stuff. Y yo, I always seemed like the snobby one, como la maleducada, because no les hablaba. And so um, I didn't allow myself to be put in a position like that, and I rebelled. Y yo era the one who decided, you know, to go to school and remain single, and that was unheard of in my family. Especialmente porque soy la mujer y la única mujer de la familia. I was expected to be one of the first ones to get married, you know, um, and have kids by now. Así que cuando no sucedió eso, imagine it was, you know, a huge turmoil, like a war, you know, uh, like their world got turned upside down porque no sabían cómo reaccionar. And so Paola, like, Thank you so much for shining light on that because it's very important to kind of talk about that and come out. And I think about situations, the way they turned out in my mom's case, um, porque ella creció con esa mentalidad de que sabes que you do need a savior and your savior is your husband or the man, the breadwinner, the head of the household, the one who makes the decisions. Y en su caso, it kind of... Um, didn't work out, you know, the way I think maybe she wanted it to work out. It almost, uh, how do I say this? Like, la afectó en su vida de hoy because my mom became a widow. A, and with that came a lot of responsibility, a lot of responsibility that she didn't have before. Uh, it hindered her, you know, in the aspect of, like, decisions she, ha she had to make on a daily. When my dad passed away, she didn't know how to pay a bill. No sabía dónde pagar los biles. She didn't know how to write a check. These basic, you know, everyday things, survival skills that we need, uh, she didn't have because she relied so heavily on my father to do everything, to be her savior, to be her rescuer, to be the one, you know, who took the reins of the household. 
And when my father passed away, pues imagínate, it was una realidad que mi mamá wasn't used to. And so, again, touching base on what Paola said, you know, it is very traditional in a Hispanic household to kind of have that mentality and grow up with that mindset and just think that it's okay, you know, just kind of be submissive and don't talk back and don't have an opinion and, um, you know, let the physical and the looks be how you get through life. Uh, my mom thinks, you know, it's, she thinks it's funny whenever I tell her, like, I don't, I don't see how certain people in my family um, place a lot of value on looks. And I don't think it's funny how they use it to their advantage to get maybe like a raise or, um, you know, like monetary items, you know. And I was like, how could the women be like that? Like, no, no entiendo cómo pueden hacer así. Like, ¿por qué se van a vender tan fácil? You know, like, to me, I think it's just a completely different, you know, way of thinking. And, you know, she's like, no, pues es que, pues sí. And it's another detail that my mom always, pues si quieres azul celeste que le cueste, you know. And so I'm just like, no, no, no. It's like, I'm, I don't agree with any of that, you know. And so it's a whole other conversation, but thank you, Paola, for sharing your story with us. It was so insightful. It was so refreshing to see que hay otras mujeres que también están en la misma posición, de que tienen la, la misma mentalidad, you know, the same thoughts um, and the same feelings and emotions that go along with this detail that, you know what, it, we don't completely agree with it you know we don't agree with it and it's just something that was just kind of you know placed upon us and passed down from generation to generation and so I think the time to have this conversation is now and like Paola mentioned you know maybe it's time for us to kind of think about you know what is it in our lives that we are passing down to the future generations do we want our, you know, kids and, you know, our family and our cousins and our, you know, nephews or nieces to kind of grow up with that same mentality? Or do we want to, you know, give the woman su lugar, un poquito más de su independencia, a little bit more of her, you know, vitality and just um, empowerment, you know, back? And so... By having this conversation now, I think um, it'll be a good thing for us, you know, moving forward. It'll give us an opportunity to not only educate the future generations, but also kind of educate ourselves. Porque a veces como que nos cuesta, uh, you know, nos cuesta mucho, no solamente físicamente, pero emocionalmente. And sometimes we have to sacrifice a lot to even find our voice, you know, a veces si tenemos que hacer muchos sacrificios, así que that being said, I hope you enjoy, enjoyed this dicho, let me know what your thoughts are, if you have any questions for Paola, let us know, um, I will go ahead and uh, have all of her information, her contact information, you know, linked 
to this episode as well as on our Instagram and um, my Instagram and my Facebook page as well. So if you're not following us, go ahead and follow me and follow Paola at The Mellow Coach. You can be found on Instagram at The Mellow Coach. So go out there and, you know, have a conversation, guys. Go out there y encuentra tu voz. Decir, ¿sabes qué? No me quiero quedar calladita. You know, I will still look pretty and I will still be, you know, heard. Así que go out there, have a good week, and I will see y'all for next uh, week's episode and next week's story. Bye. Don't forget that you can follow me on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Dichos Podcast. You cannot miss me, guys. El logo tiene un huevo amarillo. It, at least that's what it looks like. So you can go ahead and share with your friends, like my post, slide into my DMs porque me encanta oír las historias de ustedes. And if you have anything to share with me, let me know. Leave some feedback and comments. If you have a dicho in particular that you would like for me to, you know, contar una historia, uh, let me know that as well. Así que go share, go share. Dichos Podcast, Facebook, and Instagram.